Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to share about one of our amazing partners, Athletic Greens. Were y'all dying the way I was last week when Beth Moore told us about her new daily routine using AG1 from Athletic Greens? I know. We've been learning from her for a long time. Might as well keep learning from her on how to incorporate a new timely habit, you guys. That's one of the great things about Athletic Greens. They make it so easy to fit into your lifestyle as a simple daily habit. One scoop of AG1 powder mixed into cold water every morning helps us to cover our nutritional bases. It's seriously the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. Whether you're like me and want to be sure you're getting good immune support or looking to improve your gut health, you can trust that you're getting what you need because AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that provide major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. It can be hard to know where to start with supplements and who to trust on what our bodies can actually absorb and what's missing from the typical diet these days. But AG1 makes that so much easier. Thank you very much, AG1. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens has given you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. That's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Y'all check it out. Today on the show, I get to talk with pastor, author, and my fellow UGA bulldog, David Platt. You may remember David from way back on episode 168. You may want to go back and catch that one as well. It was so good. Well, David is a pastor in Washington, D.C., the founder of Radical, an organization that equips people to live on mission, and he's an incredible author. You may have read his book, Radical, that spent, get this, 120 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. That's insane. Pastor David's powerful new book, Don't Hold Back, Leaving Behind the American Gospel to Follow Jesus Fully has legitimately messed me up in the best way. You may have seen my Instagram post about this book and KB's new book and how needed I think they are. Don't Hold Back is a thoughtful and practical guide to help us reclaim a biblically grounded gospel by beginning to work with ourselves and then letting it spread. So here's my conversation with my old friend, David Platt. All right. Why do I already feel like crying, David Platt? We're just getting started. Get out of my business. <laughs> it's, it's it's mutual, Annie Downs. I am I'm so thankful for God's sovereign grace in bringing our paths across each other right. years ago at the University of Georgia, and uh, like I just I picture it like him seeing that knowing you know we'd be having yes. this conversation today yes. and and what he by his grace has done and his faithfulness in our lives but just uh in ways far beyond what certainly we could ask or imagine i'm not talking about even like big things just no. like life life faithfulness the kind of thing that just brings such joy to like see your face and have this conversation. So I'm so thankful. Heather and I love Annie Downs, are big fans of you. Wow. And so, yeah, it's this is very pure joy. Mutual. I've been looking forward to this. 
last year at Passion, she was the first person I saw when I walked in the door and we spider monkeyed each other. So (laughs) we just hugged for a long time. Um, That is where we should start is how about them dogs, David Platt? How about it? I mean, when it comes to what sounds fun, Uh, like... Is this revival? Is this revival? It was just like, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it was a long time coming, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. And you went to the game this year, right? I did. I did. I was able to take uh, one of my uh, sons to the game uh, and we actually went uh, last year too. So somebody had given us tickets for both times and it was, uh, did you go? Yeah, not this year. I was there last year. Heather and I were texting last year, but yeah, I was, I didn't get to go to LA this year. Indy was an easier get for Nashville. LA felt far away. So I love our TCU friends, but, and I appreciate all that they gave on that night, comma, (laughs) Was it an enjoyable game to watch in person like it was enjoyable on the television? It was total joy. Like, <laughs> I I mean, like, and yeah, I don't want to rub it in too bad, but because uh, some were, people were like, I mean, it wasn't a close game, whatever. I was like, I, I, I mean, it was such a massive blowout <laughs> that it was really enjoyable. I know. So, I saw a stat anyway. that it was like the lowest watched national championship in years. And I was like, catch me, not Karen. I watched yeah. every minute of it. <laughs> yes, 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 totally. <laughs> every totally. graduate watched, everybody in the state of Georgia watched. Yeah. That's all we yes. care about. <laughs> and I think, I think I, part of me enjoyed it because I, I've legitimately been, and not just as a Georgia fan, but just in, in my sports career, I've not really been a winner a lot. I've lost a lot, a lot games and i've lost a lot of games really bad and so man it was nice to be on the other side of that Uh, everyone doesn't know i just took a sip of water when you said that and i about spit taked everywhere you're like i'm just not a winner by nature (laughs) (laughs) well it's just been the way god's ordained my sports career it's our he's got to keep you humble somewhere buddy and so if it is in our own sports performance you know what the lord said to us in the 90s and early 2000s he was like your football team may be eight and four but y'all are gonna have good lives y'all are gonna go forward (laughs) and have very good lives hold on yeah hold on yeah the pressure that i I feel a little bit of pressure now that we've won two in a row it's kind of like I don't want people to feel about us the way they feel about some other SEC schools that we were named. I know. I'm scared people are going to start hating us. Well, that's where, so we probably should be careful the way we're talking right now about how we we're even causing it. I (laughs) think. We're, this is actually contributing to <laughs> that kind of as as I'm thinking about it now, this is probably not the best way to engender those kinds of positive feelings about certainly. us as winners. <laughs> certainly. We we repent everyone. Still be friends with us yeah, and still love the yes. Georgia Bulldogs. Just understand we've yes. not won for a long yeah. time. I'm just really happy. Are you born are you born we're the same grade? Are you born in eighty or seventy nine? I was I was born in 78. Oh, so 78. We, You're a little bit older yeah, than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were yeah. the exact same. So I tell people all the time, I literally waited the longest for a national championship because I was born months after the last one. After the last yeah. one. So this has been your life. <laughs> yes, my actual entire life. life. So I need everybody to just get on with me because That's that is good. how I feel. Well, welcome back to That Sounds Fun, as always. I just love getting to see you. Likewise. It's mutual. Such a been treat. Really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Okay, speaking of UGA, when I heard you at Passion last year uh, talk about unreached people groups, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. when I was in college, I bo- I think I remember like praying and thinking about my classmates as unreached and, mm-hmm. and people around mm-hmm. me as unreached. But then I heard you teach. I know this is a, a, a left turn, but it is how I'm thinking about unreached people groups when, from our college days. But when okay. I heard you teach at Passion and teach about what an actual unreached people group is, that was really impactful for me. Can you, can you unpack that for us? Like for those of us mm-hmm. who grew up in the faith, like yeah, what is yeah. an unreached oh. people group? Yes. Good shift to what actually matters forever. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, so unreached does not mean the same thing as lost or non-Christian. Like, um, so people are just as um, we are sinners apart from God and uh, in need of Jesus. Whether we live in Nashville, Tennessee, Washington D.C., or Saudi Arabia, yeah. The difference is 
there are churches and Christians in Nashville and Washington, D.C. Actually, a lot of churches. Yes. And by God's grace, a lot of followers of Jesus with the gospel in those places. In Saudi Arabia, for example, or Somalia, there are very few Christians, very few churches, which means that if you live in one of those places, the likelihood is you'll be born, live, and die, and you may never hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. You may never interact with a follower of Jesus who knows the gospel. And so they don't have access to the gospel. That's the different, that's what makes them unreached. That's why we don't say, yeah, there's unreached people in my, I don't know why we're talking about unreached people around the world. I mean, there's unreached people in my office or my school or my neighborhood. Those people are not unreached. Yeah. Because they have access to the gospel. You're it. You're it. Yes. You're there. They're in your office. They're in your neighborhood. Yes. We're talking about people and there's approximately three billion people who are unreached in the world today, like who've never, who don't have access to the gospel, who the likelihood is will be born, live, and die without ever hearing the truth about who Jesus is. And if that is true, if there are this many unreached people in the world, then we should be talking about this all the time. Yeah. This uh, to the, even the way you you mentioned that because I, I don't think your experience is different than most. Like people, we should be talking about this all the time in the church, and uh, like three billion people who are on a road that leads to eternity and judgment for sin apart from God and His grace who've never been told how they can go to heaven. Like that, that we should be talking about all the time. That should change the way we're praying and using our resources and operating as the church wherever we are in the world. So yeah, yeah. that's unreached people. I didn't I didn't have that language around it until I heard you teaching it passion. And mm-hmm. you said, you think your college is unreached? It's not because you're there. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, he's right. Where I would have labeled like, oh, there are parts of our country that no one's spreading the gospel. It's like, well, they can watch Instagram. They can't like, it's mm. the gospel's everywhere here. Well, the American gospel's everywhere here, which is a big mm. part of your book, Don't Hold Back. I, I, I said this to you before we started, but I want to say it in front of all of our friends listening. There is a There is a conversation coming forward right now from what I would call prophets in our day who are saying what we are doing in America is not what Christianity is meant to look Mm. like. And I think people's hearts are probably in a lot of the right places, but we've missed it, David, right? I think we have. Yeah. I think uh, in, uh, in ways that I, in subtle, unknowing ways in our hearts, but in ways that have led to the discouragement and disillusionment and division that have become really commonplace in the church around us and that are leading to the next generation disengaging from the church more and more. And not just the next generation, a variety of other people disengaging from the church because it's it's not, there's a lot of disengagement. It's not disengagement from who Jesus is. It's yeah. disengagement from what we've shown about Jesus in the church over recent years, especially. What was the, I mean, you've written multiple books that we love. What was the catalyst that made you say, maybe just the Holy Spirit, based on what I'm seeing across all the books coming out, but why why were you like, I have to write this now? Was there a thing? Yeah, well, I would say certainly the last few years. So uh, pastoring in Metro DC over the past few years has been challenging on a variety of levels and uh, sanctifying and humbling and, but, and shepherding a church to hold tightly to Jesus. And and that's why kind of the premise in the book is, okay, 10 plus years ago, I wrote about taking back your faith from the American dream. After pastoring in Metro DC the last few years, I'm convinced it's not just an American dream that was consuming our lives. It was it's an American gospel that's hijacking our hearts. Like we have, we've exchanged a biblical gospel that exalts Jesus above everything in the world for an American gospel that I think prostitutes Jesus for the sake of comfort and politics and power and prosperity in our country. And, uh, and I, I've, I've, I talked to so many people who are discouraged or disillusioned or disengaging, whatever, uh, However, that is playing out or divided. And I I think people are saying, 
I thought there was more to Jesus than this. I thought there was more to the church than this. And that's why I wanted to write this book in this moment to say there is, there is so much more to Jesus and so much more to the church than what we've seen around us. And we can experience it. Better put, we can experience him. Uh, But in order to do so, some things need to be different. We need to talk about some issues and some things need to be different, not just in those people out there, but in, in you and me. Yeah, I feel like one of the things we are unfortunately known for right now as a church is that we we disagree on things. Like we just are, we just disagree as a church. This church disagrees with this church. We disagree with the world, all the things. One of the things you do so beautifully in the book is outline these three buckets in the church to help us like actually understand. Because I think that's one of the problems, David, is we don't know what are spine issues and we don't know what are rib mm. issues. And so can you kind of talk about the three buckets so that we can assess in our own lives, like what should unify us and what should divide us, if anything? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I think I think this is this is why I dive into like first chapter because okay, so three yes. buckets. Bucket number one would be the things that unite us as brothers and sisters in Christ, the gospel being at the core of that, the authority of God's word, that which is clear and direct in God's word. Like we hold tightly there. This is what makes us a family uh, in Christ. Then second bucket would be things that unite us in local churches that would, in a sense, divide us from other local churches, meaning uh, other local churches may operate with different convictions about baptism, about church government, about a variety of things like that. And that's you know, it's not going to be that way in heaven, but that's, I think it's okay here in a fallen world. Like this is, I don't expect everybody in Metro DC to be a part of the church I pastor where we do certain things a certain way and we operate according to certain convictions. But I feel a lot of freedom to love brothers and sisters in Christ in other churches because of that first bucket, we hold tightly there. And then there are some things that unite us in local churches that may be different from other local yeah. churches. Then third bucket would be things that, uh, even followers of Jesus within a local church might agree to disagree on and still be in the same church. And so keeping those buckets separate and knowing what goes in what bucket, I think is so important. Because I I think about, yeah, 2020, uh, we were walking through 1 Peter and one Sunday and talking about government uh, in the Word and just said, hey, just so you know, like we as a church— are not going to divide over how you vote in this presidential election. And so basically what we're saying is that's a third bucket issue. And I'm not saying it's unimportant or that you should be not be passionate about even what you think there. I think that's where Romans 14 and 15 is really helpful because Paul is talking about uh, things that are not in the first bucket. And he's like, be passionate about those things, but realize they yes. don't unite you. And so I said, if, if yes. you think we should divide as a church over how you vote in this election, then this is probably not the best church for you. And uh, and I genuinely said, uh, be in a church where that, that's not a second bucket issue here. And if you think it should be, then be in a church where that is the case. And we'll still love you as our brother or sister in Christ. But this is not going to be a second bucket issue for us and certainly not a first, but that's the thing. The language, the rhetoric I was hearing was, you can't oh be a gosh. Christian and vote for fill in the blank. And I heard different candidates in the fill in the blank. And it's like, wait a minute. Both of them, every one yes. of them. That's the problem yes. is somebody will say to us, you are not actually following Jesus if you vote for Biden. Yeah. You are not actually following Jesus if you vote for Trump. And that is, that makes it first bucket. Yes, you've just taken how you vote in a presidential election and put it on the level of the substitutionary atonement of Jesus and the triune nature yes. of God. Uh, like, no way. These, these don't, I, and again, it's not that those... That's not important, but it's nowhere near as important as this. And so to have that perspective and to be clear on those things and then to love each other across buckets, like to to love other Christians and honor them. Uh, Don't slander them. Honor them who believe differently on second bucket issues or third bucket issues. Uh, And and not even just other Christians. Obviously, we need to be honoring everybody. That's first, Peter, Uh, including the emperor who's persecuting you. Honor him. So is that what we're known for? Like the way we honor people? Uh, Like that... That's a clear command from God. So all that to say that buckets, that's some of that's one of the things we walk through in our in our church family to try to I, we have over a, a hundred different countries represented in our church family. I have no hope of uniting everybody together around yeah. 
third bucket issue. Like, I mean, there are so many differences of perspective and opinion and conviction on a variety of different things. And, and I mean, do I, do I really think they should all think exactly what I think about this or that issue? No. And I'm not going to agree with them about everything, but we're, and that's where uh, there's so much we could talk about here, Annie. But what I love is having conversations in the church about third bucket issues where we disagree, maybe even passionately. Yes. And, and yes. not being afraid to have those conversations because we're not looking to them to unite us. We've got first and second bucket things that unite us. So that's, yes. that's not even on the table for us. We're united together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have differences on these things. Because um, so, sometimes people say, well, why, why do you talk about some of these issues in the church if they are so divisive? Well, they're not divisive if we're not looking to them to unite us. If mm, Jesus is what unites wow. us, then third bucket issues can't divide us. And so let's have freedom to talk about those things honestly and humbly and walk away. And I love when it happens in the church, the beauty of the body of Christ, when we're able to have those conversations about third bucket issues, holding tightly yeah. to first or first and second bucket issues. Yeah. Because then, David, my question is, there are sometimes where people who claim Christ get called false teachers mm. or people who claim Christ who say, I love Jesus and this is my church and this is, and someone else will go, that person isn't actually a believer. Mm. How do we balance sussing that out because there are going to be people who are goats among sheep right there are going to be times where someone's trying to lead us astray how do we find that how do we find out how to manage that yeah that's uh, that that's a really good question because i i i even the pushback that i get when i talk like we're having this conversation right now often is like well, I mean, do you not care about truth? Do you not care about doctrine? Do you not care about... And it's like, well, no, of course. Of course we care about those things. So let's make sure that's what we're talking about. Um, so mm. I think about... I, I was having a conversation this week, uh, and uh, they were talking about, you know, Tim Keller gets criticized for this or that and uh, and called this or that. And and the person said, that's okay. And, and I just kind of stopped and said, that's not okay. It's, it's not like mm. Tim Keller, like people could disagree with Tim Keller about a variety of things. He loves the gospel. He loves yes. God's word. He's uh, like, yeah, you can have all kinds of disagreements on second or third, but, but he, there's no question about his devotion. To, so let's look at those things. Let's. So is Tim Keller a false teacher? Well, not when it comes to the gospel and the authority of God's word no. without question. And it's not okay for right. us to be lobbing that that grenade and and I, I just mentioned him because uh, uh, yeah, there's many people that have been and I'm really I'm genuinely not talking about or thinking about myself right now, but many people who have been criticized and slandered as false teachers who may be teaching different on third bucket issues or second bucket for that matter in yeah. ways that are different, but are solidly loving the gospel and teaching the word. So I think we do need to ask though, okay, is the gospel clear? And that's what that's part of what I try to do in this book. Like here is the gospel, the yes. biblical gospel. Uh, on the first page, David, the first page says the gospel yes. and you wrote it there out. There it is. That's what I, so that's yeah. clear. And and that's what unites us as followers of Jesus. And, uh, and, and so, and so to really ask, is somebody not teaching this and and to make sure we're looking at not just kind of pulling a sound bite here or there like i think of all the words i mean you know you do how many podcasts and, oh and you use a lot Talk of words i yes. use a lot of words every sunday when i preach and i like like i and i'm not perfect with my words so anyway that you're looking yeah, at the totality yeah. of what someone's saying you're uh uh and i would say the more you're able to look at that person up close and personal instead of from a distance, the more you can see, okay, is this really false teaching or not? Yeah. Um, but that takes a lot of time and patience yes. and care that I don't think social media and quick to criticize and cancel culture uh, that we often adopt in the church allows for. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, one of my personal favorites, Thrive Market. Okay, this will not surprise you about my personality type, but avoiding things that I usually dread, that 
feels like a no-brainer for me. <laughs> do I usually dread going to the grocery store? Yes. Yes, I do. Parking and lines and decision fatigue and wearing hard pants. There's just a lot of unfun things involved, y'all. Great news. Thrive Market to the rescue. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. They've got beauty products like the Ursa Major Fantastic Face Wash. Pantry staples so I never run out of black beans to top off my sweet potatoes. Have y'all tried a baked sweet potato with black beans. Do it and thank me later. You name it, you can find it at Thrive Market and they'll bring it to your house. No hard pants required. As a Thrive Market member, I can save money on every single order. On average, I save over 30% each time. On my last order, I saved $30 on a $107 order. That's right there at the average. On top of the massive savings on each order, Thrive Market has a deals page that changes daily and gives me cash back on so many brands, and they have a price match guarantee. Not only does Thrive Market save me money and save me drive time and waiting in line time, they also save me shopping time. I love the filters on their website and their app. They have over 70 filters. So whether you're looking for certified gluten-free snacks like I am so I don't run into any afternoon slumps, or if you're looking for non-toxic cleaning essentials like that Miss Myers, it's the lemon verbena for me, y'all. You can curate your own shopping experience with the click of a button. When you join Thrive Market, you also are helping a family in need through Thrive's one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join and they give. It's awesome. So join Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash that sounds fun. Thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with David. That sounds fun. I mean, I, I walked into a meeting earlier this week, and as I, I said to my we call her my chief Annie officer, Lillian, my CAO. As I walked in, I said, I need you to say quick, slow, slow to me because I need to be mm. quick to listen mm. and slow to speak and slow to be angry. Mm. And so if we would do that on the internet and with people that we disagree, if I, who am mm. I talking about? If mm. I would do that on the mm. internet, if I would be quick, slow, slow, like scripture says, we would actually get to listen to a breadth of a person's belief system before we decided to crucify them or not. Yes, yes. Right. Yes, that's where we. I mean, one example in our our church, and obviously Mike has hosted your podcast. You know Mike Kelsey oh, so well. We love Mike Kelsey around oh, here so much. That's mutual. But we walked through in our church family. So this was this had been like June 2020. So a few months into COVID, um, yeah. Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and so we. Now, my regret is we didn't, we weren't able to do this in person. So it was all over screen. So that was unhelpful. Yeah. But we took hundreds of people through, okay, we're going to open the word. We're going to fast. We're going to pray together. And we spent, we spent time, started. Week one was the gospel. Here's what unites us together. Week two was the church. Here's how we interact with each other. We are quick to listen, so to speak, so to become angry. We are, we are humble. We uh, go out of our way to maintain unity together. We uh, are we bear with each other. We're patient with each other. So yeah. here's how we operate as a church. And then the next week, here's what the Bible says about justice and not, not even how you apply justice. Like clear, what are the hundreds of, re of references to justice for the poor and the oppressed and mm -hmm. orphans and widows and sojourners. And then here's what the Bible the next week says about race. So we dive into that. And uh, and just what the Bible says. But then after that, uh, then we spent time, okay, now we're going to talk about how that applies. And this is where it's going to be, we're going to have differences of opinion and conviction about, and people are coming from different perspectives and backgrounds and have had different experiences. Yeah. But I saw how quickly it was to... Uh, yeah, all that we talked about, how we operate as a church, kind of got thrown out the window as soon as some of those, as soon as Mike or Ashley start sharing some of their their convictions or their perspectives yeah. and the way. I, now, I should I should say so many people lean into that and were the church, but there was a lot of pushback in ways that um, – just show, I think, showed that our muscles, in a sense, for having these kinds of conversations are not developed as they need to be as the body of Christ. I had dinner with some friends this week, and the wife said, Am I, we were talking about um, uh, eternity. She was just asking about eternity. And she said, am I allowed to ask that question? And mm. I thought, oh, my gosh. Mm. No, in a, in a long stretch no wonder we can't talk about racism no. in the church, because when we're just talking about 
rant verses about being married in heaven. She wants to talk about being married in heaven. When we're just talking about verses, the question is, am I allowed to ask that? Versus, I live, breathe this scripture. It is what I'm tied to, and I will wrestle with it, but I will not let go. That's so which is what so good. We need to do yes, and 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 that's the thing. As we were having some of those conversations, there were so many people who were like, "Thank you." I've been wanting like this yes. is a part of my life. How I've how I have experienced racism in my life, or have thought about these things that I've had to keep away from my conversations with the church because I'm afraid of, like, am I allowed to talk about this? Or what are people going to think about me? And they've just, they're just saying, we've been longing for this. Like, thank you for this kind of outlet yes. to have those kind of, where we're, where yes. it's safe. Uh, but that's the challenge. Yes. Uh, I I think even as we experience some of the challenges we've experienced in our church, there were some people who were like, oh no, this is maybe not a safe place. Um, to and I want it to be. It needs to be. It should be. Um, and it's we're missing out on the wonder and the beauty of what it means to be the body if it's not a safe place to dive into those things. Yeah, absolutely. I You will never say this about yourself, so let me say it. You did such a humble job in this book of writing about your own journey. We grew up in the same area mm-hmm. of the world, and so you write this all about growing up in Georgia and having these experiences as a white mm-hmm. man in Georgia without even having knowledge of what we did. We didn't know what mm-hmm. we didn't know. And so will you, um, will you talk about Stone Mountain, yeah. that we have all gone to the laser show before? I mean, I—, I it was not till I was an adult that I had understanding of the laser show, yeah. even. Annie, I, I would say even writing this book, I was learning things that I, I mean, yeah. I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. That was my, my hometown, my address, like just minutes away from the mountain. And and yeah, I talk in the book about how was Heather and I's first date was at Stone Mountain, the laser show. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just... What grade were y'all in? When did y'all start was, dating? Uh, let's see, I was a... I was about to be a junior in high school. She was about to be a senior. So okay, yeah. my gosh, that yeah. is so impressive. Good picking. You picked <laughs> well, a great one early. Great. She's the only girl yeah. I ever dated. I was super scared to ask her out. Like <laughs> it was. I was only like all my friends had to do the background work to make sure she would say yes because I was so nervous. And, uh, <laughs> That's uh, so sweet. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember. Like I walked it. in. Sorry, this is off the. No, keep going. We'll get back to it. I walked in. We were hanging out with some friends from church, and she walked into a room kind of by herself. And so I was like, okay, this is my chance. So I followed her in there, and I was like, hey, what are you doing Friday night? And I mean, I'd never asked anybody out before. And uh, she's like, I'm not doing anything. I said, well, you want to go on a date with me? She was like, yeah. I said, okay, bye. And I just turned around and walked out. (laughs) I was like, I got the yes I wanted. I didn't want to mess it up. And so... So yeah, that's how it all started. We went to Stone Mountain to the laser show. That so I, what I yeah. didn't realize, and and I mean I I knew that these are Confederate soldiers on the inscribed on the side of this mountain, yeah. but I didn't realize this was like the place for. I mean, they were burning crosses and worshiping. Well, I, I don't even know what to how all to describe it. What was happening at the top of that mountain? But this was the the place where the clan would gather together and uh like carry out a version of christianity that is nowhere close to christianity right and uh and and even the fact that the park like opened up a hundred years to the day after uh lincoln was assassinated like there's just there's just there was so much and i and i know that part of that history has come out and i know you know even as we're talking about this annie i know that there's uh yeah a lot of people that we know in Georgia that uh, I, I I give like all kinds of caveats. I'm not saying like Stone Mountain's a horrible place or to go, but I, I am saying like, I need, I need to know the history. We need to know the history yeah. of yes. what's happened in the places around us. And we need to obviously make sure we don't repeat that history or in any way foster what led to those sorts yes. of things we need to be aware yes. sensitive to and uh live in light of those things and so yes. that's yeah when i was writing that chapter just on racial division and not just in the country but specifically in the church i mean the fact that any like ever since slavery like we have segregated by the color of our skin and it's still we're still doing it yeah, like certainly right. we should not be content with. I mean, none of us would 
agree with certainly slavery or Jim Crow laws or so much in the past, but we can't be content with uh, churches and a, and a version of Christianity that looks like we're preserving time capsules of the past. Yes, so. yes. I found when I read through that chapter, particularly about Stone Mountain and this, for our friends listening, there's this like laser show that happens mm. in the summer where you go and once it gets dark, they like do a show and the there's three uh, Confederate uh, generals, I think, yeah, generals, yeah, I, that are dug into the stone and they they gallop off um, through via laser. But I think that the thing that I, really stood out to me and the reason I wanted to bring it up to you now, David, is there are so many of us who grew up unknowing of certain mm, things. Mm, we just weren't taught. We didn't pay attention. All the things. Mm, we don't live in that world anymore where we mm, don't get to know. Mm, and and so it's. I think there's a lot of grace and there's a lot of truth here mm, of going like, okay, now now, now that we know. What does it look like to honor our brothers and sisters who feel differently about experiences like that than we knew to when I was yeah. 12? I mean, yeah. to be fair, right? Yeah. Right. So I think that that's probably happening in every city across mm-hmm. the country, not mm-hmm. just in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Well, and you know, even as you're saying that, Annie, it does make me think, uh, like, if we're not careful, we can still not know in the sense that uh, we can we can do the research on Stone Mountain or different things, but what's been most uh, yeah life changing for me is knowing Mike and Ashley Kelsey and sharing oh, a right. life alongside them and yeah. not just learning about the history of Storm Mountain but listening to them learning from them uh, yeah just yeah learning their perspective and their yes. uh, just so much and not just Mike and Ashley but a variety of other people that's where i that's part of what I'm trying to do in this book is encourage, let's cultivate true community and life sharing alongside people who look and think differently. That is us. the page I turn to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I think you do that throughout the book, David, it's you encourage this thing that isn't just, it isn't just about race. It is about, do you have people up close in your life who mm-hmm. identify in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community? Do you have people up close in your life who vote exact opposite of you? Do you have people up close in your life that are not the same color skin as you? I mean, like, can we get a diverse community? Because when you're closer, you're compassionate. Mm. Yes, yes. You're. I mean, oh, there's so much there, Annie. Uh, that uh, the changes in your heart, the changes in your mind, and it's not. And that's where I, I try to like emphasize this all throughout the book. Like it's it's not that we loosen our convictions about first bucket things, That's especially. Right. And even right. second or third bucket, like we may still hold on to a lot of those convictions the same. And certainly yeah, you care as hard as you care. About, yes, what the Bible's clear about, it's not that we just start to leave that behind. No, but we start to learn, okay, we've been commanded to honor everybody. We've been, and, yes. and what does it mean to show compassion, love, understanding, to listen, to humbly learn from, step into other shoes, like in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ, that that you will not stay the same when that is a part of your life. And if yes. we're not careful, we can uh, just, we can do Christianity and church and life alongside people who look just like us, think just like us, and have the same background perspectives we do. And um, I'm not saying knowing truth is based on being exposed to all kinds of different things. The word is sufficient for that. But yes. that's what that's why I try to end the book, like cultivate community on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. So yes. It's gonna be like I want to read heaven. what yeah, that's it, right? Like, if you don't like it here, <laughs> you're not going to like what's next because <laughs> it gets more diverse and more diverse yes. and more diverse. I want to read what you wrote about the Bible, if you don't mind me reading a paragraph to you. Great. You said, picture 66 books written by more than 40 authors in three languages over the course of 1,500 years, all telling one consistent story, the gospel of Jesus Christ. No passage in the entire Bible contradicts this single narrative, not one. Ask yourself, how is that even possible? If you asked 40 people you know to write a book that told one overarching story about who God is, who we are, and how the world was made, what's wrong in the world, and how this world can be made right, there's no chance those 40 would agree. But the Bible, including books written by a farmer, a shepherd, a soldier, a lawyer, a priest, a tax collector, and fishermen in different languages over the course of centuries tells one stunningly consistent story. 
I mean, that that's what we tie ourselves to, right, David? That's what we tie ourselves to is scripture because that's what doesn't change and what doesn't move. Yes, yes, yes. And it is, oh, uh, I'm trying not to get excited about like listening to a paragraph of my own book that you just read. But No, but I, do, because that is a great paragraph. What it represents, yes, yes. There's nothing like this book. There's nothing like the gospel at the center of this book, like that's where, yes, like exalted above everything in this world. And uh, yes. so let's let's put it in its proper place and let life and community flow from that in a way that's totally different than anything else in this world. Yes. I mean, I, I, I had a conversation recently where someone was saying, how, wh- how can we prove the Bible's true? Mm-hmm. And when I read that paragraph, I was like, well, I'm just going to send her that too, because, <laughs> because what more do you need mm-hmm. than all those books telling one story across decades and authors? I mean, it's unbelievable. Yes. I, uh, one of the things you do is the Pray the Word podcast, where every morning you literally read a scripture and pray with us. Mm-hmm. And y'all are working through the Gospels currently, correct? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so talk about the transforming for any of our friends who are kind of jumping into scripture or her new to scripture or who feel the tension of our conversation so far and go like, where do I go to relieve any of this? Mm. Like talk about how the transforming work of scripture. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I I think I even think back to our time at the University of Georgia, because that was a formative time for me along these lines. Like, um, do I really believe this book? Like I'd grown up believing it, but like now I'm confronted with all these different ideas. Like, do I really believe this book? And even asking that question and diving in took me to a whole nother level. And I would say it's continued all the more so to this day because there is nothing like this book. And it's it's yeah. and it's truly daily bread. And so that's that's why, yeah, really the Pray the Word podcast is just the overflow of just my own like journaling and meditating on the word and just letting it soak in. But I think that's, and even I, I use that word really intentionally because I, I don't think we get the wonder of God's word and the depth of it with just reading it. I think meditation, and really, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why that's actually what we're commanded to do numerous times in the Bible, meditate on his word day and night, right? Really soak oh, yeah. in, like really like, I, I think about, we've mentioned my uh, uh, dating life with Heather. So I'll, I'll bring in an illustration <laughs> from that. Keep going. I, uh, I remember, so yeah, this first girlfriend, she starts writing me letters and, I, and this was before email or anything. So she writes me a letter and I'm like, whoa, a letter from a girl. And yeah. I'm I'm like, it's like, dear Dave. And I'm like, dear. I'm like, wow. And then she's, she's Was writing, she already at school or something? Why yeah, are y'all like, writing letters? Well, she was a year okay. ago. So she'd gone to school. Yeah, so yeah. She's writing me. And, she, and she's like, I'm praying for you. And I'm like, huh. I wonder how she's oh. praying for me. Like, like, just like she prays for anybody or like she... She praying for a future husband, like how she praying, or she put a yeah. smiley face and be like, "Why a smiley face there?" So all that to say, when I think oh. of meditation, I think it's <laughs> adorable. Well, it's it's actually kind of lame, but no, I, I mean, it. I was obsessed. Uh, but yeah, that's course. the point, right? That this yeah. is the word of God, and so I we love him. We want to know why this, why this there, this there. And so to do that and just to let, so that's kind of the point of that podcast is like, okay, just one verse, like let it soak in yeah. and then pray according to it and realize how it transforms our lives. And the more you do that on a daily basis, the more you realize there is no book like this book. Yeah. Yeah. Hey friends, just one more quick break to share about another amazing partner, Ethos School. You know how much as a former teacher, education matters to me. Well, education is changing and your child deserves more than a one-size-fits-all experience in their education. As a Christian online school, Ethos understands the responsibilities parents feel to ensure their child develops academically, socially, and spiritually. Maybe your child is currently enrolled in a private or public school that doesn't offer classes like biblical Greek or AP physics or computer coding. Well, good news. Ethos partners with parents to shape their children as whole people, offering over 100 relational, high-quality online courses for 4th through 12th grade students, including multiple world languages, math, dual credit, and advanced placement options, and 
plan weekly time with a live teacher and classmates. At Ethos, families can choose either a single course or a full course schedule to enroll their child. So visit ethosschool.org slash TSF. And Ethos is offering to waive your $95 enrollment fee and are offering each of our podcast listeners a complimentary academic counseling session to plan out your child's academic journey. I think that's really cool. Ethos's online teachers are expert educators, and each one either has or is currently pursuing a graduate degree. No wonder Ethos advanced placement scores soar above national averages. Again, Ethos is waiving that $95 enrollment fee, so visit ethosschool.org slash TSF or check out the show notes below to plan your child's education journey with an Ethos academic counselor. Like I said, show notes are the place to be if you need the links to our sponsors, to the AFD Weekend Review email, our book of the month, tickets to the Here For You tour, and a transcript of the show and more. It's all right down there. And now back to finish up our conversation with David. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a bible question that I've been rolling around in my brain. Okay. Which also I need to confess to you that I slept in this morning and didn't read my Bible. And I thought the day you're talking to Platt is the day you're not going to get up early downs. Get right. And I didn't. I overslept on accident. But you even talk in your book about having your quiet times and reading your Bible mm-hmm. every day. And I was like, oh, of course, today is the day I oversleep. Mm-hmm. Man, but great. I do read it on the regular basis. That's great. So, yes, that's um, great. Okay, talk to me. I have this weird question about the Bible that I've been thinking about. David versus Moses. God calls Moses his friend and says David is a man after his heart. Which would you rather be called? Oh, my. Because uh, huh. he doesn't call David his friend. Yeah. That I've found. Okay. I love the way you started that. David versus Moses. Like it's a it's a a royal showdown. Okay. So David versus <laughs> Moses. It, when we get to heaven, they're both gonna be like, Annie, get out of our yeah, business. Yeah, Shut yeah. up. Uh, why, which one I'd rather be. I'm trying to think of which one I would not wanna be more. Uh, so no, no, don't think David versus Moses. Think what what would you no, want God to call friend. you? A friend or a man after his heart? I think probably a man after his heart. If I had to choose, like, I don't know. You do in this scenario. Well, so, yeah, this is really deep, Annie, because the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, friend really represents (laughs) relationship in a beautiful way. I mean, a baffling way, right? Like me, a friend of God. Moses, yeah, face-to-face they would speak as a man speaks with his friend. Wow, like that's... To his friend. That's stunning. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. And then I think man after God's own heart, like to for my heart to reflect God's heart, uh, I, I definitely want that to be true in my life. That's less about, well, it has a lot to do with relationship, but it's... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. What, what about you? I'm gonna ask you the question. What, what, what do you want? <laughs> uh friend. Yeah. I want friend. I feel like a man after God's heart is a feels like a skinny, fast path, hmm. and a friend feels like a hmm. wide, slow path. Hmm. Which both are good. I mean, listen. If the Lord, the Lord yes. let me in at all, yeah. is more than yes. I deserve. Yeah. So He doesn't have to call me anything except Annie. Mm-hmm. But I, but when I think about, I've just been thinking about what it takes to be called a friend of God. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh wait, everybody loves David, not you, but they love, love yeah. you too. Yeah. Everybody loves King David, but God didn't actually, as far as I found, people can correct us if they think of it or if you think of it. I've just been wondering about that. Those are things I wonder about in Scripture. Is like. Which is which would I prefer? <laughs> well, and it's also beautiful, even the way. And you think about John fifteen when Jesus says, "I've called you uh, friends," yeah, because a, yeah. a servant doesn't know his master's business. Like the 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 doorway that friendship with God opens up yeah. and into the heart of God, into the mind of God. Like, yeah, uh, yeah just. Uh, but you know, at the same time, uh, like daughter and son child is even i i'll take that too (laughs) right i know at a whole other level him as father not just as friend like as abba so yeah praise god who are we annie like he is so gracious dude that's it that's i mean as i think about stuff like that and after reading don't hold back i think um, about the man that you write about in the book that has to dig under his house mm. to pull up the only Bible mm. that their community mm. has. Mm. 
and and read it by candlelight or flashlight mm-hmm. and then hide it again. And I think I, I am, I am, I mean, I am spoiled rotten yeah. getting to talk about scripture and read scripture yes. at my leisure. <laughs> Yes. That I can, that we have multiple versions that we can, that we can even have conversations about what God would call us is yes. so much different than someone on the exact same moment on this planet who is hiding because mm-hmm. their life is at risk for owning a Bible. Just in the same, David, it in the same. No, and and uh, you know, Annie, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about. Uh, yeah, where we started this conversation when you think about unreached people, like. Like they, I mean, we're like, we're talking about the gospel. Like, yeah, we, I mean, we, we've heard this gospel. Uh, yeah. For most of our life, all like the fact that we've even heard it is a picture of God's grace. The good fact that God's opened yes. our eyes by his grace that we're, yes, that we're having this conversation about being a friend of God. And there's 3 billion people who've never even heard the good news of God's love for them. Like, ah, oh, I, I don't know how to explain that. Annie. I, I, I had nothing to do with where I was born. Like he, he, he's, it's all of grace. And so I I can't explain it, but I, I know I've been given this grace for a reason and we've been given this grace for a reason. So, uh, oh, and, and doesn't that flow all the more into what we're talking about? Um, it was so interesting. So Mike and I are preaching through Mark and, uh, I was in Mark nine, 42 through 50 and that's when Jesus talks about hell, the worm, the, the unquenchable fire, where the worm never dies, the fire's never quenched. I mean, he, the way Jesus talks about hell was such just horrifying language, and and, and forever and ever unquenchable. So, um, at the end of that passage, though, it's so interesting because uh, it, then Jesus starts talking about being salt. And and then he says, and be at peace with one another. And I've always been confused. I just felt like a left turn. But the more I was meditating on that, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Like in light of what we've been saved from, the eternity we have before us, like, of course, like be at peace with each other. It's like, what are you fighting with each other for? Like, yeah. work together to get this good news to <laughs> people who've never heard it. There's people yes. around you. There's millions of people around me in Metro Washington, D.C. right now and billions of people are unreached in the world who've never even heard how to go to heaven. Like, we we don't have time to fight with each other. We're not made for that. We're made to work together, to be in family with each other. It's what I, yeah, just love about this conversation, Annie. Like, praise God for his grace in our lives, friendship, partnership together in the gospel. So let's let's steward this to the full for the spread of this good news uh, to people right around us in Nashville and Metro DC and people all around the world. So, I mean, when we, I guess, David, help us a little bit. You write about this really well in the book and that's why people need to read the whole thing. But what can we do for unreached people groups? Like Mm -hmm. I downloaded the Joshua Project app, like you told us to, that shows us an unreached people group every day. You say in the book that you are getting stories from like North Korea and places that I'd have thought it's impossible. There are people that are in these places, in these countries that are reaching people for the gospel. So we have no idea how big the underground church is in places like North Korea or Somalia or Afghanistan, right? Yes. I mean, we, we have some idea in different places, but yes, it's there. I mean, that's what, that's part of what, um, well, I mean, frankly with my life, like even when I think about this book, like this is a little background, but it, it yeah. forms it. Like when I was writing radical years ago, I really thought my mom and a few people in the church would read it. And so I put in the front, like, I'm going to give away all these royalties for the spread of the gospel among the nations. I didn't think that was like much of a sacrifice. (laughs) Whoops. uh, I hope I'd have written the same thing if I'd have known, like a lot of people read it. But uh, what happened is the Lord provided and I've done, uh, this is the same you'll see in the front of this book too. Um, The reason I, I, only reason I mentioned that is because as I think about where I want to give and to the extent which I have any uh, influence in anybody else's life, 
yes. to encourage to give to what matters for eternity. We have we we created a whole initiative called Urgent and Radical to where we're saying, okay, where on the front lines of the most unreached people in the world in places like North Korea or Somalia or Yemen or uh, any number of other places, um, where is gospel work happening that's really good? And it's brothers and sisters in Christ, like the one you mentioned in Central Asia in a village where they're hiding a Bible in a cave because they it, yes. it is costly for them to follow Jesus. So the, those are the kind of brothers and sisters we're coming alongside. And yes, so that's the thing. Anyone, when, when you think about, okay, how can we be a part of reaching unreached people? One, and we've talked about it, we were talking about it before we even got on, just praying. Uh, don't underestimate, that's what I would say to people, don't underestimate for a second what your prayers can do. Like God has invited yes. you, you can, before you get out of bed in the morning, be involved in what he's doing in North Korea. Like that's, yeah. that's awesome. Like, so do yeah. it. So let's join in that. And yeah, the Joshua Project app is one way to just to help uh, understand how to pray for unreached people. But then in the way we have resources, like why are we one of the wealthiest, live in one of the wealthiest places ever to exist on the planet? Uh, certainly it's not to spend all the resources on things that are going to burn up in the end. So how can yeah. we give our resources for the spread of the gospel to the unreached? And yeah, it is. It's So how do I give to... Uh, North Korea, Somalia, where like that's that's pretty challenging, and so that's what we've tried to do. And we're not the only people. There's all kinds of others who are doing it, but try to create an avenue where there you can give. Even when I think about what's happened in Turkey and Syria, like we have oh brothers and sisters on the front lines who are uh, doing work there that we're able to now yes. send resources to to help uh, be the the salt and light in, in the middle of yeah horrifying sadness. Yeah. So we have, and then I, I would just, maybe the way I'd put it is we have more opportunities, Annie, than ever before in history to get the gospel to unreached people. Like Paul yeah. would have only, he could never have imagined with with technology, <laughs> no. with travel. Yeah. I mean, it took him months to sail somewhere, however long to write right. a letter and send it. We can do yeah. so much from a device in our pocket yep. that he never could have dreamed of. So yes. there's no reason why there should be 3 billion people who are unreached by the gospel. So let's right. step into it in our lives, our families, and our local churches, praying, giving, going, looking for opportunities to be a part of the spread of the gospel among the nations and not to relegate that, okay, a few people, if there's 3 billion of them, we all need to be thinking about this, talking about this, yes. and let that change the way we live. And even, I mean, it's true in Nashville, it's true in D.C., God's bringing the nations to us, and we yes. have opportunities to reach the nations. So they're not unreached when they're living here because they're around Christians, but they represent unreached people. I mean, I think about uh, a couple we just, uh, I was in an Uber with them in town. Uh, they just moved here from Afghanistan, and so we invited them. We host them for lunch, uh, Heather and I did, after church. And Wait, you started by just being in an Uber with them? That's yeah. how it started? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just did a share ride? Well, no, well, no, no. He was the Uber driver. So oh, I, I was, okay. ride I was like, that's one that's one way to spread the gospel. Just always share your ride. <laughs> that's not a bad idea though. Uh it's but not a bad uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. No. So he so, was the driver. He's the driver. Oh my gosh. Uh, so and we start talking and he's never been to a church before. I'm sharing the gospel with him. I say, Hey, we would love for you to come. He was like, We would yeah. love that. My wife and I would love that. So they came and and it was it was great. Uh like hosting them. So all that to say, we have opportunities right around us. So he is now like God's brought people from the nations to us. But that's what's interesting, yes. right? And he like, and I talked about this some in the book, like uh, many Christians are some of the most resistant to people from other nations coming here. Like God's, that's, God is bringing the nations to our doorstep. Uh, yes. And I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not proposing immigration legislation. I'm just promos, proposing love the people who God's put right around us and lead them to yes. Jesus. So, yes. Um, yes, there's so much that every one of us can do to be a part of the spread of the gospel among the nations. And that's kind of the, the let's, let's play our part, whatever our part is toward that end. Yeah. How do we um, say the name of Radical's initiative yeah. again? Yeah. Urgent. Uh, so urgentneeds.org or radical.net, okay. either, either place uh, that okay. you can find that information. Okay, we'll make sure to link to those below so that people right. can go. And I I mean, I can't tell you how much I like the Joshua Project app. As far as, you know me, I, if I, I need something put in front of me to remember to be mm -hmm. who I want to be. And so having that app literally mm -hmm. alert me once a day mm -hmm. that tells me someone to pray for, I'm going, that means once a day for the rest of as long as I want, 
I can think about an unreached people group. And that has not been the case for the last 42 mm-hmm. years. It has not been once a day. Yeah. And this, I, I, yeah, I would argue this should be our Christianity. We should be praying for, we want the spread of the gospel among the nations. That's what the spirit wants. The spirit's in us. So I love it. And yeah, it's just a helpful way just to make sure it's clear, just unreached to the day or Joshua project app that people can download. And it just, it's highlights a people group that's unreached every day to be able to pray for. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What did we not say that you want to say? I would just say maybe this. I, over the last couple of years, have been tempted in a sense in many ways to, and that's why I titled this book, Don't Hold Back, because uh, it'd be a lot easier to not step into these issues. Uh, It'd be a lot easier for you, Andy, not to step into a variety of issues and try to, and just to kind of coast and, uh, and it'd be a lot more comfortable and a lot less costly, but we would miss out. We'd miss, we, we have such a unique opportunity in this time and place. I don't want to be discouraged. Like we, we can turn the tide on centuries of racial division in the church in our country. We can experience a depth of unity in Jesus that is greater than anything this world could ever offer. We have so many opportunities to do justice in the world, reach the unreached with the gospel, like, and do it all with God as the end of our soul's yeah. desires and know him more. And so I just, that's, that's it. I don't want to hold back. And I'm so thankful. So I would just say this. I'm so thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ who directly and indirectly in my life over the last few years have basically said to me, don't hold back either by those yeah. kinds of words, like, Hey, keep pressing on or uh, by their example. And I just would say, Annie Downs, I'm thankful for your friendship mm-hmm. in that kind of way in my life and my family's life and Heather and I's life. Uh, and so I just, I hope that in this book and even through this conversation we've had, that there would others be others who hear the Holy Spirit saying, hey, don't hold back from following Jesus, doing, being all that he's called us to be, you to be, and doing all that God's called us to do, knowing it'll be costly, but believing he's worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. He is worth it. He is absolutely worth it, isn't he? Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Like yeah. more than worth it. Yeah. Um, what we normally do is have you tell us what sounds fun to you. But what I would love today is, would you just pray for us? Yeah. Would you just pray that we would not hold back, that we would be who God's called us yeah. to be, yeah. and that we would um, repent all the things? <laughs> I would love that. Um, yeah. God, and <laughs> I I just, I praise you that this is like the greatest fun possible. Like, well, here we are invited as your friends into communion with you and um, to know you and enjoy you. And I just, I want to pray on behalf of every single person listening right now. I, I pray that even in this moment, amidst whatever they're walking through in their life, going through in this moment, that they would know be reminded of your love for them, your presence with them, your power in them for all who've trusted in Jesus. If there's some listening who never or not yet trusted in Jesus or struggling with what faith even looks like, God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself, open their eyes to your love for them, to who Jesus is. And we we pray that over really all of us. We want to see you more clearly, Jesus. We want to know you more fully, and we want to follow you wholeheartedly. We want to love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, and we don't want to hold back from, in any way, from loving you supremely, and then and then from loving others selflessly. Even as I think about being in Mark 12 this morning, these two great commandments, may they mark our lives today, your church today, that we we love you supremely, God, and we love others selflessly. Um, and we pray that in the process, we would experience the fullness that you've designed for us to experience in this life and that you would uh, use our lives as instruments in your hands for the spread of eternal life to people around us today and to people around the world who desperately need the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
I love you, friend. Thank you, thank you. Love you and Heather so much. What a gift. Um, Ooh, what a gift. That's mutual, Annie. We love you. And oh. and this is pure joy. I'm just, I'm spurred on toward Christ being around you. And so just really, really the same. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Even though I didn't have my quiet time today. <laughs> It's my bad. It's, my it's, bad. It's, it's all right, Annie. It's okay. Oh, friends, don't you love him, man? We really, we did not hold back, David and I. We did not hold back. Hey, grab a copy of his book, Don't Hold Back. Y'all, I'm telling you, this book, I cannot tell you how much I believe you should read this book. And I don't like to should people, but I think you would really, really benefit from it. Make sure you're following David, follow Radical, see what all they are up to. Tell them thanks so much for being on the show today. So, okay, we heard what sounds fun to David. Now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Monica, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Hey, I'm Monica from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And what sounds fun to me is hearing my students have conversations in Spanish. I'm an elementary school Spanish teacher. Yeah. And hearing them carry on full conversations is phenomenal. Okay, so like, do you get them to a place where they can actually have like full conversations with each other? I do. I do. I had my second graders the other day. They wrote scripts and they had a full on conversation and it was so much fun to hear them and see them and see the pride in, yeah. on their faces. It was wonderful. I love it. Okay. Tell me what got you into teaching Spanish? Well, my family is from Mexico and um, so I grew up hearing Spanish. Um, my parents actually didn't teach it to me. They used it when they didn't want my sister and I to <laughs> know what they were saying. Um, and so I picked up on it and I started taking classes in middle school and on and I've just I've been teaching this is my oh I think 19th year of teaching yes girl well done I only made it five you made it 19 I'm very impressed (laughs) Uh, it's so fun to get to hear those right okay be sure you're subscribed to the AFD week in review it'll drop into your inbox that's where you can sign up for the chance to share what sounds fun to you on an upcoming episode If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is getting on a plane and flying to speak in Hawaii. You guys, I'm in Oahu and Maui the next two weekends. I'm really excited. You can find out more at AnnieFDowns.com slash events. If you're anywhere on the islands, come and join us, but I'm pretty excited. Y'all have a great day, and guess what? We'll see you back here tomorrow with another super fun drop-in Friday episode. Too many fun friends to just fit into Mondays and Thursdays, right? Well, tomorrow, Jonathan Ruby from Jesus Revolution and who plays Jesus in The Chosen will be with us. That is a good Friday, my friends. We'll see you back here tomorrow.